Now, joining me on the podcast this morning is a fighter with a very extensive track record. Justin, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. I always, always love uh, having a chat about anything fighting or anything like that. So it's pretty cool when um, I can sort of bounce that off with other people. That's good to hear, man. Now, uh, when it comes to also always doing these uh, podcasts and these episodes, you know, we don't really like to dome off much of a script. I like to make sure I at least got my points like nailed down and uh, do a fair bit of research for your sake and all that. And now when I actually uh, Googled your name, I I came up with all this information, man. And I've got to admit, for the young age of 27, you have, you know, you've definitely been, uh, obviously, you've, I would consider you a very, very uh, seasoned fighter, uh, especially for the age of 27 as well, man. And I just wanted to start, uh, just start this off where, how did you get involved in MMA in the first place? So basically, you know, I started uh, MMA and jiu-jitsu in like 2014. Um, I've wrestled since I was like, since I was a young kid, but, I didn't get into the MMA side of things until around 2014 after I like really started getting, you know, I always kind of watched it here and there and sort of kept track was, you know, was, but around then was when I sort of really started getting into the sport and was kind of like, man, it's pretty cool. I wonder if there's anywhere around where I could like train or jump in or, you know, give it a go or something like that, you know, try some training, see if it's, see if it's something that I'd like. Um, so, you know, I jumped on Google. I was living in Mackay in North Queensland at the time. Just Googled. I was like, found a local MMA gym. And I was like, all right. And went there, did like, uh, started off just doing some jiu-jitsu, really. Not really so much MMA side of things. And after a couple of sessions of that, I was kind of like, you know, I like this. It's pretty cool, you know. And then I guess some of the things from wrestling kind of translated over. And I was, I was kind of, you know, going from, I guess one grappling art in a sense to another, you're kind of like, okay, this is, it's like clockwork. So I felt quite comfortable. Um, and then I was just hooked. So I started, started training. I think I was, and then I started doing this sort of MMA stuff as well, you know, branching out, starting to do the striking side of things, the whole thing, putting it all together. I was doing that for about six months and then uh, had my first fight March 1st, 2014. I had my first sort of amateur fight. Mm-hmm. Wow, man. I gotta admit, by the time you had your first amateur fight, I was still in year ten of high school. I'm stick about that for a second. <laughs> I mean, good, good for you, man. Yeah, so just yesterday. I mean, like you've been fighting for like competing in uh, MMA for like, pretty much over six years now, and along the line, along the road, you had some big names, man. One, I mean, I just wanted to get into this straight away because I couldn't help but notice the title was right behind you as well. But uh, in, um, what is it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you became, what is it, in last year, uh, you became the Coastal Combat uh, Featherweight Champion uh, when you defeated Rodolfo uh, Marquis. I just want you to, like, walk me through, man. What was, uh, what was that like for you? Um, yeah, so that was obviously, uh, you know, start of last year. You know, I got that in just before the whole pandemic situation kicked off and then it kind of seemed like the fight world and everything came to a, a screeching halt. So, uh, which was at the time, you know, was was pretty crazy to, to go from just winning my first pro title knocking off someone like Rodolfo and then uh, having that momentum and being like, okay, it's going to be a big year to just obviously everything coming to a halt. But 
Um, man, it was awesome. It was, it was awesome to get get in there and share the cage with with a guy who, when I started fighting, had already had so many um, so many fights. You know, he'd he'd already had so many fights, so much experience, um, been a pro for so long. So it was definitely a big step up for me, and, and definitely at that time, he's the most experienced person that I've shared the cage with, and is still one of the most experienced people that I've shared the cage with. But uh, for me to go in there, you know, I, I just went in there. The game plan was pretty clear to remove the jiu-jitsu out of it. You know, he's obviously quite dangerous in, the, in that sense. You know, you've got to give him that respect there. He's dangerous across the board, but I, I think, like, the initial game plan was just to not let him be on top of me and dictating the pace on the ground. Ended up going the three rounds with him. Um, I heard him a few times in the fight, but I guess looking back now in hindsight, I didn't have the, I guess, ex- not so much experience, but I'd say the confidence, you know, in my stand-up at that time where I, when I heard him to, to have the confidence and the patience to be like, okay, let's back this up a bit. Let's, let's slowly pick him apart now and let's, let's put him away. Instead, I rushed in a few times. He obviously shot in a takedown, got a hold of me and kind of slowed the pace of the fight down a bit. So, you know, even in a fight like that where I won, I got the result, won the belt, there were still those things to pick out and work on. I'm never quite coming out of a fight going, man, I killed it. That was awesome. You know, on to the next one. There's always stuff to like take out, whether it's a win or a loss or whatever the situation is, whether it's a finish, a decision, whatever it is, there's always going to be something to take out and go, oh, I need to work on that. So obviously, yeah, that was pretty surreal. You know, it's, it's an experience that I'll always have, that I'm always going to remember when, you know, I fought. Rodolfo Marquez on Coastal Combat, my first first ever title in, in the sport. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely unique. Wow. That's for sure. So the way from when you sounded, it sounded like a very, very unbiased uh, perspective. I mean, to look at your performance and say, okay, I need to work on this. I need to work on that. What was the, uh, what was the biggest lesson that you took away from that fight? Um, I think for me was... Uh, just like I said, sort of that I just need to have at the time, I just needed to, to, to come. I came out of that fight thinking, you know, I just need to be confident in, in my, my MMA game as a whole, you know, obviously it's no secret. I, I like to pressure people. I like to use my wrestling. I like to put a pace on people and use my wrestling, take them down, you know, beat them up, break their will, make them quit. And then either take a submission or just do that for the, whatever the 15 minutes, whatever it's going to be. But I mean, I know I'm a complete martial artist. Like, I'm, I can, I can, I can be in the fight everywhere. But it's been, it's been a process for me to, to just build that confidence in all areas of, you know, of my game and go. You know, I, I, I am dangerous here as well. I do have the tools here to, to hurt people and to, you know, to dictate the, the fight wherever it goes. I just need to find that confidence in myself. So I think for that fight, that was a big lesson because, I mean, straight away in the fight, the first first couple seconds like I sort of stepped off to my right and switched stance to southpaw encountered with a right hook and hurt him and then not long after that I sent I, I sort of sent him backwards with a jab and then I hurt him with a right hook and you know kind of made him do the chicken dance a little bit and get all wobbly and as I said before I rushed in and kind of took the chance to finish the fight away from myself whereas you know since then that was start of last year to now Obviously, I've grown and developed so much as a fighter where I now I've taken those lessons. And to be honest, man, if I were to step in the cage against the guy that fought for that belt, 
I'd run through him in like a minute. It wouldn't even be the same person. It wouldn't even be close, which at the end of the day is the goal. You know, you want to keep progressing and improving that little bit and continuing on that path. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. You just got to take it, take the lessons for what they are and then sort of apply them moving forward. I mean, I can, I can turn around because that fight, you know, we fought three rounds. I asked for five rounds for the fight. He said no to five rounds. He only wanted to do three rounds. Um, you know, so in my mind, I was, uh, that was something else after the fight I was kind of looking at because he was, there was a, a bit of a, you know, frustration from his side and, and, and that about the decision. He thought he did enough to win, you know, and it was that, whereas if we had those extra two rounds, that's off the table because, I walked, I, like when the, when the fight ended, I got up, walked around and was more than ready to go another 10 minutes. He had his head low, hung down, didn't look like he wanted to, wanted to continue or be there and was kind of looked disappointed to me. So, you know, I feel like that's something else that, not that I took away from the fight, but something that I always like to, to apply is that I know I'm never going to lose a fight based on the physical condition that I'm in, whether it's like, you know, my cardio and all that sort of stuff. That's something that I prided myself on before I joined freestyle. And now even more so at freestyle, like, man, we do the work, we put in the work and we, we get ready and we're in prime condition when we get in there. I ain't losing no fight on cardio or my conditioning letting me down. You either got to put me away or, you know, that's, the, that's how it's going to be. It's not going to be like on some, some bullshit that's in my control. Wow. So was this uh, cardio that you're saying, you, was this something that you developed, uh, you know, just up into the camp or is this something that's always been with you? Like, how did you uh, develop this uh, system? Man, I think uh, it's, I've always had like the ability to just sort of keep going, going, going. And, you know, I'm originally, I was born in, in Johannesburg in South Africa. It's, yeah, so it's a couple thousand, you know, thousand meters above sea level there. Yeah. So maybe growing up there in those conditions, maybe that's sort of like, a, you know, just giving me a natural kind of ability to just keep pushing. But um, it's definitely something I've always working at. You know, I'm always trying to trying to trying to build that and improve on that. And, and at freestyle, you know, when you're in that room, and I'm alongside someone like Alex, you know, who's the world champion, and he's putting on a pace and grinding and pushing it with everything that we're doing. I like, I'm someone who came here going like, I mean, I know I can push and push and push, but when you see that guy next to you and, and you're dealing with him daily and you see how hard he pushes and the level that he's at, it's like, oh yeah, there's some work to do still, you know, like we're here, we need to get to like up here, like we, there's a lot more work that can be done always. So uh, yeah, I'm thankful that, you know, that's sort of where I'm at now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, obviously, shout out to Johannesburg. I, I've got quite a few people that I know who are from South Africa, especially Johannesburg, and they do tell me a lot about the conditions that are that these guys have to, that you have to live in. And it's just something a lot about like boys who are born in sort of those countries, and it's like a very uh, what's they say, not super tough. But it's a neighbourhood where you're constantly challenged, and guys like that, such as yourself, usually are very thick-skinned. And then, so when they, so there's no doubt that that can be traced back to your background. But I just wanted to ask, when did you come to Australia? Uh, moved here in like 2007, 2006. You know, so I've been, I've been here for quite a while now. 
so my math is probably off, but how old were you at the time? Like 14 ish, 14, 14. 13, 14. Uh, and have you ever been back since? Um, yeah, the last time I went back was around 2011, I believe it was. Yeah. And as I say, now, uh, given that, you know, uh, we were just talking about earlier on about, you know, you just won the Coastal Combat Championship at the, before COVID and all that last year, which is, I would say, good timing at all. And then uh, we had the pandemic sort of sweep into Australia. Now, I was looking through the articles, I was looking for the records, and then one thing I found that was quite, uh, that had to stand out to me. Now, I'm fully aware that, you know, we had the pandemic last year and a lot of uh, fights got cancelled. But one thing I also noticed was that there was four fights in a row that were cancelled between 2020 on the November to 2021. Uh, now, was this all because of the pandemic or was there some issues with, um, was it some issues that were outside? Yeah, so I was scheduled to fight uh, Michael Barber, um, you know, sort of uh, initially we were scheduled to fight uh, sort of late 2020. The pandemic kind of pushed that back. And then we were scheduled for early, early sort of 2021. Um, I think we got a couple of weeks away from the event and then it got pushed back because of COVID. So I was like, okay, so then the third, third time we were scheduled to fight, um, the week of the fight, uh, so I was scheduled to fight him. The week of the fight, uh, there was a withdrawal from the Bantamweight tournament that Eternal ran because they did a double, a double card. Um, so basically I then put my hand up and was like, well, you know, if you can't, like I'll I'll step in, like I'll step in and I'll fight in that in that four man tournament, you know. And my thought process behind it was like, you know, I'm taking a risk because it's last minute in the week of the the week before the event, cutting a heaps of extra weight to try and get to band and weight to be able to slot in there. Um, but you know, my thought process was that there's three sort of high level dudes in that in that tournament, um, and there's a belt up for grabs. So I was like, you know, I can take this opportunity now if. I'm sure they'll be able to reschedule my, my initial fight with Michael at some point after that. So, you know, and obviously for him, from his side, he, he was very frustrated. We'd already got rescheduled because of COVID. It was like a whole process. Um, he got very frustrated. What ended up happening, and, his, you know, he had his right to be frustrated. What ended up happening was I got there, began my weight cut, uh, started off good, you know, was weight was dropping fairly fairly rapidly fairly quickly and was doing you know going going pretty well i was feeling good everything was feeling good and then we picked it up the the day of the weigh-ins again the early in the morning to start cutting the rest did another you know massive amount of weight and then was down to like 60 low 63s and so i wasn't you know so i was only like a, another kilo or so to go kilo and a bit maybe to get to that limit for the for the tournament and the team from the fight dietitian that I was working with because it was such a last minute drop down away class, you know, they decided to pull the plug because the way that the rate that I was sweating and how much weight I had to do, we just worked out that it was just going to be too taxing on my body. Eventually, you know, it was going to be like, 
there's now you're getting into the point where your kidneys are being affected, you know, and there's health concerns. And these guys are the best at what they do. They're professionals. So I personally, you know, I, I could sit there and go, yeah, I just want to keep pushing, but at, you know, at what, at what cost a detrimental one to myself, you know, so that's, that was the process and, uh, you know, pulling it up, got there. Um, the other guy that I was scheduled to fight in the tournament, his team made the decision to, to not take the fight because of the, uh, the issue of me being like a, just, you know, that a bit over, over the limit, but also I think it was more so they didn't care that I, cause I'd cut like eight kilos already at that point, you know, like it's a, it's a lot of weight. So they didn't care about that. I was like a kilo off the, off the limit. They were worried about how big I was going to be when I rehydrated the next day. And, you know, so they wanted to put a cap on my rehydration, but the team from the five dietitian and my team and everyone was like, hey, you can't do that because then I'm going to be compromised any like still regardless. So, you know, it, it, it couldn't come together. Everyone's obviously doing what's best for their fighters and, 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 and for, and, you know, for themselves trying to like make sure everything's right, which, you know, I wasn't upset at anyone. I took the risk. It didn't pay off. So uh, I then, I then, cause they had the, the double card, you know, that weekend, I then said, I'll still cut weight. I'll still stay at the, the featherweight limit weigh in the next day from for that featherweight fight and that can still go ahead like I'm, I'm more than happy to do that um you know my team and that with they offered even to fly michael up still and his team and to make it still happen um it didn't end up happening obviously he and i went back and forth on social media there was a big obviously there's outrage about how it all panned out i was you know i pretty much I, that's understandable but i was like public enemy number one because you know i took this gamble didn't work out so there's that frustration there. So we rescheduled it for Melbourne, uh, like a couple of weeks after that, um, earlier this year. And then, yeah, we ended up fighting finally in Melbourne after so many, you know, pushbacks. One being my fault and on me and the others being, you know, because of the COVID restrictions for travel and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, there was a few cancellations, a few pushbacks and that sort of stuff. And that was a bit, a bit frustrating, kind of put a back burner on where I wanted to be at that point in the year because I wanted to have already like maybe two fights under my belt ended up just having the one at that point so you know started a bit slower than usual but at the end of the day we got in there we fought each other I went to Melbourne fought him in his hometown in front of his all his friends his family and got the results so it all worked out in the end yeah well obviously you overcame a lot of adversity just to get there I mean that's that's very impressive now one thing I got I definitely would have vouched for in terms of the weight cut now I Especially, you know, I don't, I'm not going to be in any way myself, but I understand reading a lot about weight cuts. I've been speaking to a lot of dietitians, nutritionists about weight cuts. And they are um, just from my perspective and based on the knowledge I've acquired, I understand where your dietitian was coming from, especially considering you cut like eight kilos worth of weight, which is a massive amount of your body weight. Now, someone such as yourself, uh, when it comes to weight cutting, the reason why when you're dropping that much water, it's not entirely coming from the muscles. When you're dropping that much water, it could be coming from, you know, either like the kidneys or a lot of muscle water coming from the head. So what happens is when it comes to re uh, dehydrating, if you're losing water from the kidneys, it can end up in some form of like kidney failure or it could even increase chances of stroke because of lack of water there. And the second thing is, when it comes to the weight cuts and the day of the weight in, like um, if you're weighing the day before or you're weighing the day off, that's not enough time to rehydrate. If you've lost water from the head, you know, from the brain area, especially from the kidneys, 
We don't know how long it actually takes to fully rehydrate from the brain and kidneys, but it does take, but the, the guess is it does take at least a few days. Uh, then again, I'm not, I don't know all the research, but when you talk about the dietitian uh, called from the fire, I completely understand where his perspective is coming from. But then again, I got to admit, man, to drop down to Bantam Way on short notice from your favorite way, that's, that's quite impressive as well, considering. Uh, if you don't mind, mind me asking, asking uh, Justin, how, how tall are you? 5'11. Um, there you go. Oh, yep. Yeah, so, uh, so that's to drop. If, you, if you're that high, you drop down, drop down to fancy weight. That is really, really hard. And, you know, I don't know many fighters who I, I, I probably even none that are your height or even bantamweight. So, I mean, to actually attempt it is a very, very bold, bold move on its own. But uh, now, after hearing through all this adversity, you know, you finally got that win uh, in via unanimous decision. And then, again, when I was doing a little bit of research, you took another fight on short notice against Rodrigo Costa. Uh, I just want to, I just want to say, man, what was the, uh, what was going through your head at the time? What made you want to take the fight on short notice again? Well, so I was in shape, you know, I came out of my fight with Michael with no injuries, you know, I didn't get, I got hit with one punch the whole fight. So, you know, pretty much it was very dominant and came out of that, you know, feeling fresh as a daisy. Um, there was an injury to, so originally Jack Jenkins was scheduled to fight Muhammad Alavi in Perth to headline. Um, Muhammad unfortunately hurt his hand. They asked me if I wanted to fight, you know, fight in three weeks' time on that card and be a replacement for Muhammad. Um, at the time, you know, my coach, my coaches, Joe, you know, Joe Lopez, Alex, and that, and the boys, they were all over in America doing, you know, filming tough. Um, so, you know, they were still away. So initially we were like, nah. No, nah, we're not going to do that because my coaches can't be there, and you know, I, you know, I just thought we want to, we want to give Jack the respect that he, you know, of being the champion and do a proper camp and you know get in there so he can, you know, um, perform, you know. But then after talking to my coaches and everyone and, and and those close to me again, we kind of were like, you know what, this let's take this opportunity. You know, this is this is a big fight. Uh, there was some hype that built after my fight with Michael in Melbourne because obviously Jack and I we had. We shared some words outside the cage after that. Um, so, you know, it got hyped up fairly quickly. A bunch of people were like, you know, fans of Eternal and, and stuff like that were like, you know, that's the fight that we want. Um, and we were able to, you know, put it together. So that was my motivation, you know, to step up at three weeks notice and fight for a featherweight title. You know, I've, ste- I've had short notice fights before um, with a lot less notice. You know, I've stepped in for fights 24 hours before. So from three weeks was, it was a no brainer for me. I, um, and I was already in shape, so I was kind of uh, just fought. So I was kind of like, okay, let's do that. And then, uh, unfortunately, COVID struck again. There was no travel. There was a travel sort of restrictions were put in. So unfortunately, Jack couldn't travel out of Victoria. So then, you know, Rod, being the gangster that he is, another person who's just there to fight anyone at any time, and he stepped up at short notice himself a few times as well. He stepped in. So I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, let's do it. Let's. Uh, let's get this fight going. And um, yeah, so I mean, do I regret doing that and taking that fight at short notice and then the short notice opponent change again like that? In hindsight, you know, I could probably sit there and go, oh man, I probably could have just been like, nah, and waited and then see what happens. Maybe this reschedule Jack and myself, but 
with how everything was going now with the lockdowns and all that sort of stuff, I feel like that was the right the right thing, you know, get another fight under my belt, regardless of the result, get some more experience, get some more time in the cage. And, uh, you know, so I'm not, I'm not sitting on the sidelines longer than what I need to be. Um, and again, you know, I took so much out of that fight. I had, I had some, uh, some things that new things that I implemented in that fight that worked well and that I was like, okay, that's something that I can utilize moving forward. And there was, again, there was things to take out of that fight and, 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 and work on and go, okay, I need to fix this. I need to change this. Or, you know, I need to improve in these areas. You know, Rod's, Rod's very game and he's got, He's got the credentials, you know, when it comes to jujitsu and his grappling and stuff like that. You know, we knew, I knew, okay, if, if at any point we're in a grappling exchange, even though it's MMA, you know, it's going to be quite, it's going to be quite dangerous and he's, he's threatening from everywhere. And if you give an opportunity, he'll take it. Um, and then, you know, we got in there, obviously the fight ended up going, you know, Rod's way. I got caught with a, with a left hook uh, after we sort of exchanged a bit. I stepped back, didn't get out of range, got caught with the left hook and he ended up, getting the TKO over me. But like I said, man, there was still plenty of things to take out of it um, that were positive in that sense as well. And, you know, he was, he came in and did his job better than me that night. So it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a case of me, me being too disappointed. Like obviously you're going to be cut up after a fight for a few days and, you know, be a bit frustrated, but eh, just back in the gym and working and looking forward to what's, what's, what's next. So that was kind of just, I've, you know, I've dealt with losses before and, I, and I'm thankful that I have because, you know, I didn't, I don't want to, I don't want to get to when I'm, when I'm in the UFC or at that top level, I, I didn't want to ever be like at that level and experience some devastating loss and then not know how to deal with it and come back from it. You know, you lose, you pick yourself back up, improve, listen to the people around you that you have trust and faith in, um, get those honest answers, those honest sort of criticisms you know, and then do the work and improve. So, yeah, I mean, I know what my path is. I know where I'm going to be. I'm at the perfect place to do what I need to do. So, yeah, it's uh, it's all trekking quite nicely. But um, that's that fight with Rod. You know, we'll see. We'll see how things go. You know, we'll see how things pan out once this sort of lockdown situation ends and everything sort of like that goes and where we where we go. But you know, if Rod and I have the chance to share the cage again, obviously that's an opportunity. I'll take and you know for a chance to get that one back, you know. But if we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. But um, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really too focused on being like, oh, I've got to get that one back. I've got to fight that guy again. I've got to beat him, you know. Um, I'll, I'm one of those people that just goes to my next challenge, focuses on that, and then you know pushes through that and, and continues on. So we'll see what comes. But um, yeah, that's my sort of thought process on that whole situation. That's good to hear, man. I mean. Do you, as of right now, I know it's a bit of a tricky situation because over East, you know, we've got the pandemic still going on. They're getting like, I don't pay any attention to much as much these days, but it's like over like a thousand cases a day. And, you know, you're currently in uh, New South Wales right now. Like, um, what what's the situation like? Do you have anything booked or are you just like in a state of just like waiting? What's going on? Yeah, so I guess at the moment, you know, everything's a bit up in the air. We're a bit, in, you know, a bit of, bit in limbo. It's the same sort of thing. I mean, you can't pay too much attention to what they're saying on the daily. But you know, from what I've gathered, they said that you know, once they get the vaccination rates up, then things are going to open up regardless, and we're just going to track forward. But well, I mean, we'll see. You know, if that's the case, then 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 obviously I'm going to be ready to fight. You know, 
again, this year, I'm, I'm trying to be hopeful that I'm going to get the chance to fight again this year before the year's out. Um, whether that's, I do know Coastal Combat's doing an event in November. Um, so whether that's for me to defend my belt on there in November or something, like, like I'm, hope, I'm, I'm hopeful something's going to come up. But yeah, at the moment, you know, it's a bit of everything's up in the air, everything's in limbo. So it's, it's just sort of taking it day by day and, you know, seeing, seeing what, what, what's coming. So what, what's going to come out of this, you know, I've got, I've got things that I've got to focus on outside of the cage, you know, like I've got a, I've got a 10 month old daughter, man. She, I'm thankful for this lockdown in a sense for that, you know, there's positives to take out of it. I can spend plenty of time with her. I can, you know, watch her accomplish her own sort of things every day and, you know, be, be your own person and that's you know that's something i can't put a price on so i mean obviously fighting is a big part of my life it's real important but at the moment there's other things for me to focus on you know um so i guess i'm not really too frustrated about not having a fight or anything um had i not had that fight with rod maybe be a different story i'd be like holy crap i haven't fought you know for ages like what's going on um but you know i'm quite content at the moment with just taking it day by day but I'm confident I'm going to have a fight before the years out, whether that's defending my coastal belt, whether that's, you know, Queensland opens their borders up and I'm able to fight on eternal again. Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll just take it, take what comes, man. But one thing will be for sure, uh, this time round, I'll be able to have, you know, my coaches, I'll be able to have Joe Lopez, I'll be able to have Alex there, I'll be able to have Colby there. You know, I'll have the boys in my corner, they'll be with me. Um, so... Whoever it is that I get to share the cage with, man, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a rough night for him. Yeah, I'm certain, man. I mean, one thing I wanted to ask you, man. Congrats! Well, just want to say congrats on being a father. Uh, and uh, a lot of uh, that's definitely a big, big step up, man, as well. And one thing I wanted to also ask you, like, how do you balance like being a dad and like being a competitive fighter? Um. Well, like I said, man. You know, I'm only like. 10 months into it now but uh yeah it's sort of like to be honest it's just just doing the things that you need to do um without you know without sort of question and and um and you know my partner sarah she's like a superhero when it comes to like me being able to go to the gym and train while you know she's she's a full-time student studying a dual degree and then she's like we have a daughter so you know she does a lot of I guess, heavy lifting for me to be able to go to the gym and train, you know, and do what I do. Uh, so it's just sort of, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of that, man. It's a lot of me having that support system around me and having someone that makes sacrifices for me to be able to do what I do. But at the same time, you know, I try and do the same thing. But, you know, considering everything that she's had to do just for our daughter to be here, you know, that's a pretty crazy process, you know, being pregnant for nine months, giving birth and all that sort of, and just the constant stuff that comes with that, you know, motherhood after that. So, you know, it's, uh, it's easier than what, what people think it would be, but that's because there's someone as powerful as that doing a lot of work that isn't seen. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all well and good for me to, you know, like go to the gym, train, and then, you know, be with my daughter, spend time with her. And then from the outside looking in, people are like, oh, man, look at that dude. He's killing it. You know, he's 
full-time fighter and he's raising a, a baby and doing all that, but it's not as, you know, as simple as it looks. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes and a lot of that comes from, from everything that Sarah does. Yeah, uh, I hear you, man. Now, one thing I always uh, preach a lot, especially when fighters always tell me, is the reason why they are where they are today is um, it's because, you know, they've got such great people around them, you know. I hear this so so much right? by the saying, your network is your net worth. And the people that you surround yourself, you know, are the people that build you up, you know. And if you've got, if you're surrounded by people who are just like, you know, I don't want to say losers, but people who like drain your energy all day, then you sort of like become one of them. You sort of like involve, or sorry, so you sort of like morph into your environment. It's good when you've got all these people around you who are trying to lift you up because that makes you generally just a better person. Now, uh, this is the point of the podcast when we start to get towards the end. We just like to say, uh, again, I don't believe that anybody's self-made. I believe that everybody's got like uh, people who are surrounded by, uh, who surround them, you know, who are responsible for where they are today. So this is just the moment I just want to say, obviously, we've spoken about your partner, we've spoken a bit about your coaches. Uh, would you like to... Uh, so just like we'd like to ask if you would like to take this uh, moment just to extend your gratitude is there anyone in particular that you want to thank just before we wrap this up uh, yeah man uh, so basically you, yeah, you, hit the, you hit the nail on the head with that man that's the right people around you is a, a, an important thing um, and I've always been pretty you know privileged whether it's my coaches my family you know I, I don't have yes People just saying, you know, being yes men around me, you know, just telling me everything that I want to hear. Everyone around me is brutally honest and that's something that I always appreciate. So, you know, yeah, so my family, you know, my family's pretty supportive of this. Um, even though my mum can't watch my fights live, she can't bring herself to do it. She'll uh, she'll always, you know, still support me and, and back me. So, you know, my family, you know, my coaches, um, you know, guys from CMBT, you know, guys from Enhance, you know, those people that get behind you, those businesses that get behind you and uh, support you. You know, obviously, like I said, uh, what Sarah does for me to be able to follow my dreams and pursue this bike career is something that is so major. Um, and I think, you know, the biggest thing that I'm thankful for is that me doing this is going to be a way for me to teach my daughter that no matter what she wants to do, she can, she can do it. And if she has the support of people around her, it's going to make those things easier to achieve as well, you know, which obviously is something that like her, her mother and I is something like, we're always going to support her and push her to do what she wants to do. So I think that's, I think that's something that I know now is that like, I'm not just doing this. I'm definitely not just doing this for myself anymore, but there's, you know, there's bigger, there's bigger things at stake than just winning fights and winning world titles and becoming a champion in the sport and doing all that. You know, I'm, I'm trying to set an example for a, a tiny human being that I care about more than anything. Very, very, very well spoken, Justin. Very well spoken. Uh, now, just wanted to wrap this up, man. You mentioned earlier on that in November you have, uh, you know, so Coastal Combat is putting on an event. Uh, now, is there anyone in particular who you would like to fight, or is it just you just want to fight in general? Um, well, obviously, yeah, just want to fight in general. There's no like names been put forward or anything like that. I mean, I've got a few people I can look at and say, Oh, I'd like to fight that person. You know, I'm there's some in the especially, you know, being a featherweight, there's a few big names there, like, uh, there's 
Khan Offley from Melbourne, um, who's based in Melbourne at Absolute. There's Aaron Blackie, uh, based in Queensland. Not sure what he's sort of doing. He hasn't fought for a while, so I'm not sure if he, what's going on with him, but he's another one. Uh, Diego Pereira, he's got a fight lined up on Eternal. Former teammate of mine, really good friend of mine, someone I respect and, and, and like a lot, you know. So he comes out of that fight with a win. Potentially, he's someone that could be put forward, you know. So I'm right there in the mix with um, with people, you know. There's I've beaten I've beaten a few big people, you know, good people. There's there's sort of you know I've got I've got those names on there on my record. And I've shared the cage with a few people, but there's still some work to be done, and there's some names there for me to to still add to that. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll see what they come you know come forward with, but. Uh, there's definitely some high-level sort of exciting matchups for me on the on the horizon. Awesome, man. Very well spoken. All right, Justin. I just want to say that's all the time we got for right now. But one more time, man. I just want to say thank you very much, man. All the best for you and your family, and stay safe over east, man. And also, hopefully, we will see you fighting on the next uh, coastal combat card in November. Thank you very much, man. Thank you.